Hello, cryptid-loving listeners. As a friendly reminder from us here at the Don't Touch My Sasquatch podcast, we frequently make crude jokes, sprinkle our sentences with naughty words, and discuss mature content. Most of which may not be appropriate for all age groups. Listener discretion is advised. Now please enjoy. We're going squatching. We're going squatching, bitches. <laughs> you got on mute me. Uh, welcome back to Don't Touch My Sasquatch Podcast. We're your host. I'm awake, and I am Josh, and my sleepy partner over there is... I think, I think today I continue to be Lennon. <laughs> right. Lennon's he's, usually on top of shit. He's just over there dancing. I'm muted. Oh, we explore controversial topics with energy and a good laugh. We're two guys who are awake... I think. I am. They have a love and passion for these topics. Things that make you... Go bump in the night. Nope. <laughs> Things that you may have heard of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you? <laughs> but may not have know the full story of yet. Makes David Huggins go bump in the night. Well, yes, yes. Actually, some of the stuff we talk about in our Patreon episode, why are we... Anyways, we're here to tell you those stories, share our opinions, and let you come to your own conclusions. We'll do the research. You don't have to. But we ask you to keep your minds open to the possibility that things may not be as they appeared. Last week... We discussed Joyce and John Edmonds' early experiences on Stardust Ranch. We left off with John clocking a gray alien in the head with a baseball bat and it not even being phased. The Mormon taxman's attempt at the exorcism of the house and the attempted abduction of Joyce mm. and the subsequent firing of an AK-47 at a goddamn UFO. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we dive deeper into this weirdness, and did John acquire a weapon in his fight with these gray aliens? And who ultimately came to John and Joyce's rescue? Well, sit back, enjoy, and let's dive into, once again, Stardust Ranch, part two. Yeah, new weapon acquired. A new challenger has entered entered the ring. Portal combat! Oh, I didn't do that. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, didn't do, do that. that. It wasn't nope. me. That was the alien. He sure was. Uh, Just down there. Sorry about that. What was that? Did you get aroused? What happened there? Just no, to... the alien's down there. Why? You know what? I'll let Crescent be. Let's just oh, let's get let's get it started. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> Since the AK-47 levitation wife incident, <laughs> the abductions, the abduction attempts stopped. Yep. At least they thought at the time that they stopped. In reality, they just didn't remember. But Wait, really? Okay, yeah. go ahead. But at least Joyce wasn't floating down the hallway anymore. Everything else remained the same, and the usual nonsense continued. Shit disappearing... Animal mutilations randomly, so on and so forth. Warm attacks, man. Let me crack it a cold one. Always gotta get it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kick this baby off to the desert. Okay, John would go often. That <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> was a mixture of go and often. Yep. It's a new word. John would often go out and explore the desert in his jeep with two of his dogs. On one occasion, he decided. He didn't decide. He got a feeling 
that he should stop and go explore. Yep. Yeah, he decided he got a feeling. He you decided. Know, you know what? I think I'm going to have a feeling right now. <laughs> just one. Uh, yep. No. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have one a feeling. feeling. Just one. <laughs> just one. <laughs> Ein feeling. Einhorn. He, Finkel. <laughs> Finkel is Einhorn. He didn't usually leave the Jeep when he went out exploring, but he did this time. He grabbed a water canteen. Then he and the dogs left the Jeep to go for a little walkabout. They played the floor is lava. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get out of the Jeep. <laughs> there was a small hill in the distance, and John followed his intuitions and walked towards it. Okay. Once on top of the hill, he noticed a small valley that had a roughly 200-yard circle in which all plant life was missing. Uh-oh. Now, yes, it is a desert, but generally in a desert there's still, you know, plant life, cacti, Whatever else is in a desert. I've never been to a desert. Actually, yeah. I have been. That was a lie. I flat out lied to you. I've never been to a desert. That wasn't a lie. I was, that was correct. Hey, uh, I, what do I win? <laughs> um, uh, I'm keeping my clothes on, so nothing. He described this this 200-yard circle like it was a cropped circle in the desert. Okay. And in the center of this circle was another circle of about 100-yard circumference. This one was made of shoes, all pairs, all of them facing inward towards the circle. Well, that's fucking weird. Right? Now, sure, that could just be a human made, but let's just keep going with this. He decided that he wanted to get a record of this, so he went and went to the car, went to the Jeep, got his camera, set it up. Suddenly, the hairs on his arms stood up, and he felt what he described as an electrical charge. Uh-huh. He looked over at the dogs. They were lying on the ground in a submissive position. And when he turned around, he saw the unbelievable sight of a giant black triangle UFO that was as big, if not bigger, than the size of an American football field. Holy fuck. Yeah. It was just hovering there like it was looking at him and watching him. And that's the last thing he remembered. He woke up sometime later, lying in the same spot that he was previously standing. Dogs still there by his side, and once he woke up, they came over and started licking him, greeting him. And, uh, he got up and checked the camcorder timer and saw that he the t- saw that the camcorder had been recording for fifty five minutes. Shit! So we're getting about we'll say fifty minutes of of unknown accounted time. for. Yeah, time. exactly. Dehydrated, burned, and a little shaky, he and the dogs walked back to the jeep. When checking the camcorder, though, there was nothing on it out of the ordinary. So nothing was recorded. I mean, it was recording, but nothing. Yeah. No craft, nothing. Apart from some aliens teabagging him. (laughs) (laughs) Spud, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? But the opportunity. (laughs) It presented itself. Uh, I don't know why the accents came in. I don't know. It worked. It works. This incident, though, did not hinder his fascination with the desert. He would go out multiple more times exploring the desert. Mm-hmm. He had another disappearance, this time of about 18 hours uncounted for. Shit. He woke up far away from home and naked. Uh, shit. He had, a, he had to walk back home barefoot in the hot-ass sun for hours, buck naked, to find his way back home. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> I think I said home twice. That's Sorry. a bad day. That is a bad day. More things happened in the desert, though. Uh-huh. This is more now witnessing. One night, John, I don't know why I said John so forcefully there. One night, John, 
<laughs> is it in caps? <laughs> it's not. One night, John was outside at the stables tending to some chores. He looked over his shoulder out into the desert, and he saw a figure walking. It walked on two legs, as a human would, with arms swinging, but the gait, the gait was different to that of a human's. Yep. He compared it to the gait, you see, in the old Bigfoot videos. Okay. All right. Like if you think of Patterson Gim- Gimlin film, yep. it's a different gait than a human. He estimated it to be about 10 to, t- 10 to 12 feet tall. He said he didn't get all worked up about it because this is the norm. Gate. Gate. <laughs> no, no. Patty. Gate. <laughs> <laughs> he said he didn't get all worked up about it because this is the norm at the ranch. Um, and because it wasn't on his land. Sorry. It's okay. He says, live and let live, you know? All right. It's a good motto. Yeah. It's not on my ranch, not on my property. Is, do we have another helicopter floating around? <laughs> we do. Oh, motherfucker. I thought he was over here dead. Um, uh, the bug. The bug. Not a person. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Yes. To also clarify, I held up a picture of Patty Walker. Oh, yeah. The audio. Gate. Hey, you're the audio guy. I know. That's, I you're supposed after, to be thinking of that. I immediately think of after video. doing that, I was like, shit, that is going to make no sense for <laughs> Uh, she could be me screaming, Gate! Gate! That <laughs> yeah, is true. Lennon had a stroke. Woo! Gate! 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 <laughs> uh, but just uh, like the Grey's encounter, <laughs> the Grey's encounter, and everything else that happened at this ranch, yeah. as soon as you became aware of it, it started to happen more. Oh. He started seeing this large lumbering crit- creature he nicknamed the Michelin Man on a regular basis. Great. Oh, I thought you were going to comment about the Michelin Man. It's the Michelin Man. I don't know. (laughs) No, I meant the picture I took. You took a picture of the Michelin Man? Yeah, remember? (laughs) The Michelin Man, who lives on Sherry Lane? Yeah. No. (laughs) On one occasion, though, it did come too close to the house. So, in typical John fashion, he walked back to the house, (laughs) grabbed that AK-47 again, and unloaded another banana clip into it. Neither the noise nor the bullets seemed to have affected the creature at all. He continued to see the Mich- he continues to see the Michelin Man to this day, um, or I should say, to the duration he lived on the ranch because unfortunately he did pass away. Uh, I think two thousand two, if I remember correctly. But I didn't I didn't add it into the actual episode. But I know he passed away. I know. <laughs> I see the tear in your eye. So, anyways, the duration he lived on the ranch, he continued to see it. Yeah. Oh. My American Express wants me to pay off the bill. They can fuck off. No, I don't want to pay interest, so I always pay the bill off. Anyway. Great. On multiple occasions, he saw it up close, and he says sure it he looked like it was made of Brillo pads. So why'd you call it the Bichelin Man if it looked like it was a Brillo pad? Yeah. Anyways. It's the Bichelin Man. Oh, I'm pushing up glasses I don't have. For Beautiful. you audio listeners that... <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Wow, well done. I must do that too. We did that. that <laughs> we did the thing. We did the thing. All right. John would go public with all his experiences on the ranch. He was right. Going public. <laughs> That's it. I'm done with the Called Brillo the press conference and no one showed up because they didn't know who he was. <laughs> no, he was writing a lot on. Uh, oh. oh, you hit your toofy, didn't you? Sure did. Sorry, buddy. He was writing a lot on the web, on multiple websites as well as going on to radio shows like Coast to Coast. He, he was, you know, gaining a little notoriety for all this. In 2008, around midday, John and one of his neighbors were having a beer in the backyard. 
John was giving his neighbor a few tips on how to break down and clean his guns because his neighbor was curious. So John had all his fucking guns John's out there. John's the right one to ask. They were cleaning them. So that's funny because when he moved in, he didn't own a single gun, and now he just has a picnic An table full of guns everywhere. <laughs> Suddenly, a dark-colored SUV pulled into the laneway. It parked about 10 feet away from the gate, and two men in black suits got out. They walked shoulder to shoulder, up to, and then straight through the iron gate without opening it. Say straight through? I said straight through. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah, it's completely normal. Great. John's that's neighbor, fun. in shock, just sat there looking back and forth between the men in black and John. We want to put those guns back together real quick. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you just standing there for? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, Did and I'm panicking, Anakin. <laughs> I'm panicking, Anakin. <laughs> This guy just walked through a fucking gate. Not just guy, both of them. They're holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> they walked down the rest of the laneway towards John. Shoes does. kicking up dust, he noted. So they were tangible enough to kick Physical. up dust. Yes. But they still walked through the gate. He described them as wearing fedoras, sunglasses, and the black suits, of course. Well, it's just D.B. Cooper. <laughs> the fedora, I love that one. Um, I had nothing with D.B. Cooper. So Beautiful. Sorry. Ah, I, love a, I love a good fedora. Hey, <laughs> Thorne, your papa looks good in a fucking fedora. I tell you that. My father wears fedoras? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he should. He should. He's part of a 1960s jazz band. <laughs> you see? <laughs> 50s. Uh, Continue. Yeah, you're right. Their skin was pale and clammy and looked like uncooked chicken skin. <laughs> John asked if he could help them, and they replied to, You're John Edmonds, and you're going to stop publishing articles on Peter Gersten's Cause website. Beep, boop, bop, boop. <laughs> John said, Excuse me, and the man repeated exactly what he said before, like it was an audio recording. Legit, like, okay. word for word, and the same tone, same everything. Everything yeah. was like it was cadence like, and shit. Exactly. They then turned and walked back to the vehicle straight through the gate again and drove off. He then goes on to talk about, okay, he does a bit of side tangents like us at the DTS podcast. We never like do. do that. So I kind of went along with it, and here's one of the side tangents. Yeah. He then goes on to talk about what he calls the military-industrial entertainment complex. This means that many of the ideas that Hollywood and movie studios get are from the CIA, NASA, NSA, and so on, a bunch of un, unheard of um, secret organizations. I couldn't think of the word, sorry. Mm -hmm. They do it because they understand that us, as humans, have a sort of collective unconsciousness. This collective unconscious allows us to experience reality completely and then communicate it with each other just through collectively. I don't know. Yeah. If the collective unconscious is building an understanding of something, along comes a movie that draws the emotions out and attaches the mind of the concept that first defines it. That's from the book. Sorry, I had to take a second. It's okay. For example, here's an example he gives. If, the, yeah, if they make a movie about the men in black and they make it into a comedy, then anyone that goes pub, to the public stage and talks about their experiences now looks foolish. So every time someone hears Men in Black, they think Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones. They think comedy and everything that isn't serious. Rip Torn. What? Rip Torn. Rip Torn. What was that? Uh, the, I, guy, I'm the guy in charge of Men in Black. 
Oh, uh, is that his name in the movie or in real life? Real life. Okay, that's why I didn't yeah, understand yeah. it. I was like, isn't that a special cat? <laughs> yes. <Yeah, laughs> that's, that's a that's a serial. But ah, uh, so it's also my nickname for my wife. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is just another tactic in the understanding of the human mind that is used to manipulate us. Government propaganda through Medicine Avenue and advertising and public relations. Psychiatry is the only medical art that is used against us as a society. I'm going to read a passage, okay? Do it. I mean, that was basically me reading the passage, but now I'm going to actually word for word read a passage. I dare you. Okay, I will. <laughs> we, are all a, we are all bound to the social consciousness to some degree. Nobody wants to be the pioneer of... Ah, sorry. Nobody wants to be the pioneer for fear of ridicule. The first person out with something new or unknown is a social punching bag. It's funny because I had a real scary thing going on. Aliens, violence upon my body, my wife levitating, assumed abductions, and a gray alien brained with a baseball bat. My fear was what people would think. That's the power of social unconsciousness. The group think, the tribe mind. Mm-hmm. 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 Makes complete sense. Uh, it's a way of manipulating us without manipulating us. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know what I mean, I think. Yeah. Um, can, uh, not can. Yes, I can. <laughs> I can do it right it's, now. Um, what the fuck's the word I'm struggling to get? Misinformation. It's mm-hmm. like the misinformation campaigns that they yes. do on things in a, in a subconscious level type deal. I don't know if I wrote about it, but he does go into disclosure and how disclosure isn't really disclosure because it's controlled by the government and how they want it to be perceived and blah blah blah. Sure, yeah. They yeah. control the narrative. Right, right, right. Um, I might have gone into it. I really don't remember. It's been a lot of fucking writing, okay? Beautiful. Alrighty then. Let's get back to the story, shall we? Is what I read. We shall. Yeah, <laughs> we please shall. continue. Things stayed relatively quiet for a while. The greys were still active and seen constantly, but after a short span of time, their activity kicked back up with another mutilation of an animal. This Best. time a horse. This muti- uh, this time a horse was mutilated. Ah. And whatever truce had been there between him, Joyce and John, I should say, and the Greys was over. One day, a couple weeks before Christmas, John was doing a little off-ranch time, as he described it, with his <laughs> dogs. He was driving behind an old pickup truck loaded with junk in the back. Mm-hmm. He kept his distance in case something fell off. And back... Nope. Fell off the back yep. as he didn't want anything hitting his vehicle, yep. as we all would. Suddenly, the truck in front of him hit a pothole, and, as expected, some junk fell off the back of his truck. John pulled, o- pulled over. John pulled over, honked his horn to try to get the car's atten- uh, the truck's attention, uh, but the car just took off down the road and didn't turn around. Mm-hmm. He gathered up the stuff off the road. And took off down the road himself to try to catch up with the truck. But the truck was nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. One of the items that had fallen off the truck was a vintage samurai sword. Oh, still in yeah. its scabbard. It was no replica and had been made with a very high level of skill and attention. So he didn't want... No, sorry. So he did what any rational person in his situation would do. He took it home with him. Samurai sword acquired. Fuck yeah. So... He put the sword under his bed in the bedroom. I don't know where the bed he is. For safekeeping and easy access, I guess. The horse mutilation was the final straw, though. And it was going to be a blood sport now. 
He went. He went. Nope. He felt. He felt what was done to his horses was an act of intimidation and confrontation. Yeah, like waking up to a horse's head in your bed. This means war. Fuck yeah. He's going to single-handedly <laughs> fuck up this alien race. Where'd the horse in, head in the bed come from? Godfather. Ah. As an I've act of never intimidation. seen it. You've never seen it. No, to sir. intimidate the other guy, family. Okay. That, well, that was not it. it there was levels to it. But, uh, yeah, the guy woke up and in bed in his fancy mansion bed and uh he's felt around under the blanket he's like it's all wet and he put his hands up and they're covered in blood and he throws open the blanket and there's just blood everywhere and there's a horse's head in bed all right that's that's how i'm gonna intimidate people from now on horse head there you go now he started to see the grays coming into our reality from whatever from wherever they came from more often. He describes it as someone peeking out of a shower curtain so all you could see was their face or head. Okay. This was how the Greys would peek into our reality at his ranch. I can't say that for everything, but at least at his ranch. You would you would see their face or head peeking through before you would before they would step into our reality. They basically were looking to see if they moved there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would be sitting on the couch. And out of the corner of his eye, this is the story. I don't know how to say he would be. Sorry. He was sitting on the couch. When out of the corner of his eye, he would see them peeking out in his peripheral vision. If he made it known that he saw them, they would step through. They wouldn't step through. Sorry. So if you made I it see known, you, motherfucker. <laughs> they wouldn't step through. He contributed the change in pressure that he felt in the house with that of the... Pre- Presence of the Greys. Mm-hmm. So if you remember David Huggins, and I think the Berkshire one mm-hmm. talked about, there's a change in pressure before yes. the aliens get yes. in. So that, that's another um, case of this. So this change in pressure, I'm wondering if it, was, it has something to do with the portals. Yeah, um, question for you. Not, Absolutely. Not that it is a uh, uh, an example of you seeing an alien or anything like that. But have you ever felt something that you could say accurately, like, is best described as a change in pressure around you? I, I haven't been, con- like, uh, aware of it. I, yeah. I feel just, I have the feeling that someone's there before, yeah. but I don't, I don't know if that would be considered a change in pressure. Right, because I was just thinking about it the other day when we were talking about it. Um, I don't know if I've ever had an experience where I could say accurately that best describes it. So I'd be interested is um, is to someday if that ever happened to be like oh this is it you know what I mean yeah uh, if you if you do what he's about to describe now maybe you'll find out cool maybe you'll find out uh, but yeah the David Huggins thing he talked about the pressure as well as portals into his room so as well as titties <laughs> lots of titties lots of lots of alien gray human body gray head titties. Weird, 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 weird. Yeah, intermingling. But it's one of those things where all these tales keep, like, intertwining with certain facts. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying they're true or not. I'm just, I mean, just, I just want to point out there's always some kind of something. Yeah, is a visualization of it. Yeah. If you took so, every, every story all together through how many different types of stories... And you have all these lines. Imagine these lines are different beats in the story. Yes. If you overlay them on top of each other, mm-hmm. the darker ones are where they overlap. That's where the truth is. 
I I hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. So uh, back to kind of what he he has to do so that the grades would step into. Yes, his sorry reality. for the tangent. Oh, I I welcome it as always. He learned how to control his thinking when he felt the pressure change, as to not allow this to put him into a negative mood. As as every time the pressure changed, he would go into a negative mood. Yep. In the Patreon, we're not going to talk about too much. In the Patreon, we will though. Um, this this negative energy and, and just the whole the present the the purpose of energy is yep. what I'm trying to say. Okay. So we'll talk about that later. But we're just telling the story of the ranch on the main cast. Yeah. So he says that the negative feelings and the bad moods he enjoys would have while living there were caused by the Greys. Mm-hmm. He will get more on what. He will get to more of this in a second. So apparently I do talk a little bit about it. I can't even remember what the fuck I typed like four days ago. <laughs> sure enough, he saw them on the peripheral peripheral, peripheral vision. On his peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And stepped into the... Woo! Sure enough, he saw them in his peripheral vision and stepped into our reality in his sunroom. There, I said it right. Beautiful. He had a clear line of vision of them from where he sat on the sofa. Now that they had entered our reality fully, he got up and went to the bedroom. He grabbed that samurai sword. He went down the hallway to the sunroom where they wouldn't see him coming. He unsheathed the sword, glanced around the corner, and he saw three greys just standing there. They would always come in threes. There was one principal and two subordinates. He okay. He took a slow, deep breath. He bowed. <laughs> <laughs> Charged into the room, and he swung away. Yeah? He cut the head clean off the lead gray, and the other two dematerialized immediately. Yeah. But the one with the head cut off, he remained. A headless body and a head just lying there on the floor. Yeah, fuck that thing. Not like literally. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. Yeah. Fuck, I got you. Let's show them. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Jesus. He wrapped the two body, not the two body parts, he wrapped the two parts of the body in plastic and he put them in his large freezer that he kept the meat. Yeah, sure. I don't really know why I'd put them in there, but hey, I mean, if you had a gray alien and proof of gray life, I guess I would fucking, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when Joyce got home, got a clumped. When Joyce got home that evening, she saw the browner's liquid on the floor, and John had no option but to tell her what had happened. Her only response was, what did you do with the corpse? It was just so, like, all these abnormalities were so common that she wasn't even phased by it. They were just desensitized to it, yeah. What did you do with the corpse? Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, she comes home, he's walking around the house (laughs) with the sword on his shoulder, just like, oh, yeah. Woo! (laughs) It's dried Big now. Big man on campus. <laughs> I've been waiting for a while, Joyce. This is dried now, but this was dripping blood for a fact. <laughs> for a fact. <laughs> um, big he, day, big day. <laughs> got my big boy pants on today. <laughs> he stated, though, that after the deheading, the objection started up again. Mm-hmm. So as he... Oh, you went, oh, well, the objections... 
start it up again. Abduction. Ah, I thought you said objections, and I was like, my, what the fuck? My fault if I said objections, it was abduction. All good. No, no, she objected the house from beginning until until uh, later on in the story, when we'll talk about that, when help came. As he didn't know what to do with the body, he had it in his freezer for a while and was faced with the uncomfortable responsibility with going public. Here... He goes on a bit of a tangent again about disclosure, and that disclosure is not disclosure. The government is misinforming you, and there is an active effort to thwart real disclosure. He believes the reason for this is that the government had, has had contact with aliens and have ma- has made arrangements and treaties with them. Those arrangements and treaties did not work out the way the government wanted. Now the government has been left holding a bag of dirty secrets that they don't want any of us to know. Mm-hmm. That was his uh, explanation of yeah. why disclosure is not disclosure. Kind of said it better myself. Which makes you think about this whole um, uh, David Grush thing. Like, is he... Because he goes way more into it. Uh, I didn't, obviously, for obvious right. purposes. But he was talking about how, like, David Grush worked for the, the uh, government. Mm-hmm. And that how some people can't take the fact that they can't tell people this. And then when they leave, they tell people this. And then they get discredited in every way, shape, or form. They, the government tries to discredit them and make up. Long story short. So is David Gresh a tactic by the government to say, you know, like they, like they do. Like, oh, we're disclosing everything. But then they don't. It's just a manipulation. Or is he actually disclosing? I think he's actually disclosing. And I think that they are... Shutting them down. Are they? Yes. Yeah. Because that hasn't gone anywhere. Hasn't. No. Just, you know, it's not like Mexico where they're like, hey, here's little bodies. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they haven't done anything. And anything that they have is just. None of y'all know what we're talking about unless you're on Patreon. Sorry. I just thought about that. The, fuck, the face I made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, was a Patreon gosh. episode. Go check out Patreon. Support I'm us. After this episode, I got to show you that little clip of me. Excited. Every time you did that. You only did it like four fucking times. Anyways, yes, I'm so sorry. I got on tangent now. It's okay. Tangents everywhere. <laughs> you get a tangent. You get a tangent. <laughs> oh, fuck that bitch, all right? She could have helped out fucking Hawaii. Instead, she's just gaining off. Anyways. Sorry. I went on another tangent. You're not wrong, though. <laughs> no. Yeah. Did you notice that all the blue cars did not get destroyed? Anything blue? My balls haven't gotten destroyed. That's why they're blue. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm right. The difference here is John had the smoking gun, though. Sure when did. We, when we were talking about disclosure, he contacted a friend, and they made it clear. They both made a clear plan of action. Mm-hmm. They would get a tissue sample to a man, a psychiatrist. No, nope. sorry, a physicist. Okay, <laughs> sorry. It's one of those pH words I can't say. I was going to say a weird choice. <laughs> a crop circle researcher who is fascinated by the UFO world. A man you may have heard of in our crop circles episode. They needed to get a tissue sample to a man named Dr. Lefty Lovingood. <laughs> what? You talked about the man. I know it's a good name. He did the research on the stalks and how they're bent. Yeah, yeah. The, the ones that are actual are bent and the fake ones are broken broken exactly dude's got some work so he would run tests on the tissue sample and see if the dna is part of the genome of planet earth after some time they received word back from dr lovingood he analyzed the samples and determined the following 
blood. The sample appears to be pure hemoglobin. Like that found at the cattle mutilation sites. With what appears to be segment rods in the blood, never seen anything like it. Skin looks like segmented segmented grass, except it's not grass. Dr. Lovengood told him over the phone that he was very excited about the samples, which contained tiny segments, segmented fibers that were not cloth. He explained the blood, sorry, he explained that blood does not contain fibers, and this made the sample highly unusual. He also said the normal antibodies that are positive or negative determine the type of blood. These samples were different. The cell parts looked like joint grass, but not his last correspondence with Dr. Lovingood was as follows. Dr. Lovingood said, You have the smoking gun. This is the proof of alien life visiting Earth and links the phenomenon together positively. Mm-hmm. I see you itching to say something. Please. How please. do you know? <laughs> oh, I, I just wanted to get past that little part. And That's I why wanted, I didn't I interrupt. I you to talk. Okay, dude, I just had a revelation here please. for a minute. Okay, leave me out. I'm this here. is this this floor is yours, big boy. This theory is thirty seconds old, so <laughs> could have <laughs> really thought it out. Huh? <laughs> no, old, no wait. All right, hear me out. Apparent. Pure hemoglobin. Yes, made me think. What if these gray aliens are harvesting our blood or the blood of earthbound creatures? Think about in cattle mutilations, mm-hmm. always devoid of blood. Mm-hmm. You know, what if they, in order for them to walk around on our environment without some kind of uh, apparatus of their own protection yeah okay they need our blood so they can breathe our oxygen hmm. and breathe out our carbon or not you know what i'm trying to say i do not yeah what if that's and maybe that's why they're gray all the time is because they're devoid of blood that's true it's true maybe i don't it's know a, it's a good it's a theory. 30 second old theory so oh you can only speculate speculate until yes. speculate that's a weird word it is a new speculate word. Can only speculate until actual like knowledge happens. Which, man, if you want to know some shit, I do. Patreon will be great. All right, I'm excited I, for it, man. How do I sign up for our Patreon? Oh, easy. You go down to the show notes. Yep. It says Patreon. You click on the link. Once you go to the link, you just sign up for a five dollar tier. You get all our bonus shows. You sign up for the ten dollar tier. You get everything early. You get discounts. You get merch. All that type of stuff. It's very simple. That's cool. Very simple. Well, five dollars gets you at least all the bonus episodes. Sweet. And I highly encourage you to do it. But yeah. like we've stated in past episodes, I didn't want the Patreon to be. You have to listen to the rest of the story on Patreon. You don't want it to be behind a paywall. Exactly. So we have the whole Stardust Ranch episode, and then we have the extra, where spoiler he talks to benign entities, uh, extra extraterrestrial entities. And this is knowledge he gained. And it's very, very fascinating. I know before episode, I played a little clip for you that yes. I was very excited about. Yes. Can't wait to get to the reptilian, actual reptilian episode. But um, it's just, it makes you really kind of think of things as you did on that little, just little fucking clip I sent you. Fuck or yeah. not sent you, uh, showed you. Fuck yeah. So back to it. This advertisement was it was brought to you by Don't touch Patreon. Don't Patreon. Yeah. Check it out. Now, back to the story. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. Now, back to the story. It's very good. Love and Good was silent. Not was silent. Love and Good went silent, and John's friend did his best to get Love and Good back on track. 
He even went out to Michigan, where Lo- Dr. Lovingood lived, and lived, not lifted, and this is where he discovered that Dr. Dr. Lovingood had passed. Oh. He was 88 at the time, so his passing wasn't unusual, but it did... That's what they want you to think. But it did seem convenient. And he goes through a couple other convenient deaths that happened with people trying to disclose stuff. I didn't get into it, but just wanted to point that out. Question for you. Yep, go ahead. Sorry. Nope. Um, Let me mark uh, where I am. Do we ever get to see any pictures of the alien body? No. Fuck! No. And that is that is kind of a point that I had. Like, why was none of the pictures really? He does kind of. And you want to say take a picture of all it? the shoes in the desert? Yeah. Yeah. That That is one issue I have with the story is why didn't you take pictures and document this stuff? Mm-hmm. But I, I'm going to attribute it to the fear of being ridiculed. Sure. Honestly. And he just kind of touched on it in, like, a couple sentences here, why he didn't disclose it. Gotcha. So, unfortunately, he died before they could sort out going public, Mm -hmm. and nobody in his organization took over Dr. Lovingood's initiatives. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this was the end of the road regarding the alien DNA, as it was far too expensive for John to have uh, have it analyzed in a lab by himself. Yeah. Not a rich man. Not sure, and this is my note, Josh Josh speaking here, not sure why the body wasn't shown and pictures weren't taken, but he does state that because he couldn't send the DNA in the body, blah, wow, he, because he couldn't send the DNA in to get analyzed, yeah. the body remains a largely unaccepted reality. Mm-hmm. In other words, you show someone a picture of a dead alien body, what is our society going to do? That's fake. That's rubber. That's mm-hmm. this. That's that. I completely get when he said that. It's like I kind of not completely. I kind of get why he didn't send pictures or take pictures, but I also don't get it. It's one of those weird things. Like yeah. I get if you send out pictures with no DNA science based evidence, people are just going to discredit it. You see it with Bigfoot all the time, even yeah. though I still think the inconclusive evi- or, uh, DNA evidence is still evidence. Right. Well, but, I mean, let's be honest. Even with science based evidence. It still would probably get discredited. It's because nobody it's, wants to fucking believe shit. It's because, like, just like in part one, where I explained to you that as long, unless someone experiences it, they're always going to be a disbelief. Yes. So now you may be saying that's it. It couldn't possibly get any weirder than a man cutting off a great alien's head in his home. Yeah. Well, hold on to your shit because it does. <laughs> hold on to your hat. That would have been a good one, wouldn't it? In July of 2011, John received a phone call from a woman who stated that her name was Brandy Howell and that a third party had hired her to come out to his ranch and help him and Joyce. After a little more conversation, they set the meeting date for July 31st, 2011. Later on, this is a side note, later on he found out that the person who hired Brandy was a woman named Cynthia Crawford. Not Cindy Crawford, Cynthia Crawford. Uh... He goes on to a little history about her but here are the clip notes because it was a bit long. Born a fraternal twin, but had, but she had a different blood type and tissue type than her twin sister. Uh-huh. She was born without an amniotic sac, which is apparently the first time and only time that this has ever happened. A World War II flashback now. Aliens and Nazis. 
Nazi Party had an alliance with the Draco Reptilians from the Draco star system, which was why they were so technologically more advanced. Apparently, the Draco Reptilians have played a huge role in our history and our current history and are ingrained into our society. But let's go back to Cynthia. With all that being said, Cynthia's father, who worked for the OSS and also you know, dealt with Nazi Germany and all that, was approached by members of the OSS, which was pre-CIA, yep. OSS became CIA, yep. to be a part of a secret government project. In Cynthia's mid-30s, her father told her that she was a human-alien hybrid that had been created in an OSS program with deoxyribonuclear nuclear acid or nucleic acid. I might nucleic have called that acid. Nucleic acid. Nucleic acid, sorry. Nucleic acid. And two... Not and from two different alien species combined with human DNA. As a toddler, she would routinely visit medical facilities that were run underground and by the military. She would recall a bunch of alien abductions throughout her life, examinations, impregnations, and a host of miraculous healings and organ replacements. Mm-hmm. John would later meet her days before she would pass, where she basically told him that. It was his mission to tell the world his experiences on Stardust Ranch, which is why he wrote this book. Now, that note was later on in the book, but I wanted to include it there just so you know who the fuck Cynthia Crawford was. Yep, yep. All right. She's an alien hybrid, basically. Yes. Incredible. Now, let's get back to July 31st, 2011. Yeah. Faithful day. Ooh, I'm excited about this one. Brain. Sorry. What? Said me too. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Get real excited. Brandy was... Nope. A Brandy, fine girl. Brandy was a fine girl. I, I That was a terrible <laughs> one. Sorry. Back to it. Okay. Brandy had been... It's Brandy, you're a fine girl. I know. Yeah. Brandy, you're a fine girl, had been abducted by aliens since she was four. These abductions formed the adults that could confront negative extraterrestrials. Cynthia told Brandy that John's ranch was being attacked by a rogue group of gray aliens and asked her asked her to go out to the ranch with two warriors from Sirius, the constellation Sirius, that is. Yeah. She referred to them from here on out as J and J, or as I'm going to refer to them as the two J's. Okay. Okay. Syria is a warrior culture that was aligned with the Galactic Council and used for an enforcement of laws that govern said culture. If you needed something done, he said, get you some Syrians from the constellation Sirius. Fucking dope. Yeah. When Brandy got to the ranch, someone noticed and pointed out four clouds. And Brandy exclaimed that those weren't clouds, but ships. She said that very often alien crafts mask themselves as clouds. And sure enough, as soon as she pointed them out, they unmasked to show they were ships for a moment before cloaking again. That was her backup. Little, how you doing? Yeah, that's incredible, though. Yeah, he goes on. Awesome. To, he goes on to state that if you know what to look for, in because apparently Joyce and John noticed these things constantly. Yeah, the the cloud thing. Yeah, and that if you know what to look for, you can tell the difference between a real cloud and a, a masked UFO. That's cool. Doesn't really go into the differences. They could be all making the bullshit up. Obviously, keep your mind open, though, to the possibility that things may not be as they appear. It might not be a cloud. (laughs) 
Brandy exclaimed that the reason the group of rogue greys settled at his ranch was because they were attracted to the high vibration energy. Mm-hmm. Basically, he explains that he had been throwing gasoline on a fire, killing the greys when he could, nearly a dozen at this point, hating them and turning like all the negative energy he had, yeah. feeding them. Okay. They were feeding off this energy as well as they wanted the portals on the ranch, but I think I'd mention that. Anyways, if I didn't mention that, there's portals on the ranch. Great. Um, John noted that J&J were carrying what he described as medieval broadswords with them. We'll get into a little bit more of that later. John. There you go. Sorry. Yeah, let it out, boy. (laughs) It's a good one. (laughs) John led them to the house where Brandy noticed a very negative energy. She entered the room where the Mexican boy took his life, remember the shotgun to the mouth, day of his graduation, and immediately she sensed him. He describes what happened next as follows. <clears throat> so she's not just dealing with aliens now, she's dealing with the spiritual world and say, but uh-huh. as we'll find out in Patreon, as you will find out, alien and our soul and spiritual world are one and the same. Beautiful. <clears throat> just keep that in mind as... Uh, just a little disclaimer. Yeah, not a separate so, entity. Yeah. Brandy and the two Jays played over the... D- played? I meant to say prayed. Prayed over the dead. <laughs> they played over his dead body. <laughs> hey. Oh, hey. Here's the ball. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Brandy and the two Jays prayed over the dead boy <laughs> and sent him as much love as they could. The wall next to John started heating up to the point where he thought it was going to ignite. <laughs> I can't continue with you. Yeah. you just imagine a trumpet. <laughs> and he doesn't know how to play it. And he's going, <laughs> like right at the fucking. I'm a warrior, not a musician, goddammit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Brandy told the boy it was time for him to move on as they continued to pray and send him as much love as they possibly could. Go on, yeah. <laughs> she said that she heard a voice say, That's the most love I have ever felt. Oh, then I feel bad now. he left. All right. Good. I'm glad he got some closure. So she goes into a little bit more here. Brandy explains that the very yeah. Brandy explains that very often when humans die in a tragedy, they have difficulty moving on because of the weight they carry on the other side mm-hmm. in their astral form. Just as our body can get overloaded with food and not move real well, the astral body can get overloaded with negative energy and be stuck in this state after death sure and not able to move on that's interesting to, to move on the person needs to accept what they had did, done what they had done forgive themselves for it and allow love to come back into their soul we'll say uh-huh. better term only then can they move on to if you're religious you call it the afterlife in this case it's just a higher being mm-hmm not necessarily a higher being, a higher whatever. State. It's energy. Your energy moving out. Yeah. Um, now, back to the aliens. The battle was basically territorial. The rogue greys didn't want anyone living on the ranch as they viewed it as theirs because of their ability to access these portals that were on the ranch. Everything they did was just them trying to push John and Joyce off the ranch. John says... It's not like Joyce and I are putting on our dancing shoes and time traveling through interdimensional doors on the weekends. In a way, I understood them. Mm-hmm. 
oh, they were just doing a, they thought that those was their territory and that you were trespassing and you thought that was your property and they were trespassing. Yeah. So you're going to have a property dispute. Yeah. Take it to small claims court. Hey, that would be a hell of a court date <laughs> or a court. Technically, this is the court date actually. Oh, next John took Brandy to the room where he thought the portal was mm-hmm. one of the portals. Yeah. After a f- after being in there a few minutes, Brandy called John and the two J's over to the coffee table as she was instructed to open a portal that would allow the appearance of a hologram of benevolent beings to come through as they wanted to talk to John. Okay. Uh, sorry. Good. Uh, question real quick. Uh, do we have a description on the two J's? He uh, I, he might have. I, I did a bit of cutting because I need No, it's to, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. He basically said they're endured in medieval armor with medieval swords, and that's kind of the basics of it. That's cool. He didn't explain. They look like humans, though. Okay. That was yeah. my question. I didn't know if they had, like, a distinct look, but that's cool. I'm going to go. There's a description of, of something later that I'm going to assume that's what they look like. Okay. Okay. Humans, but different. All right. Um now, back to the uh, the hologram of the benevolent beings that came through. They were dressed in medieval armor as well, and they also had swords. In this week's Patreon, I already did this little ad, but I'm just going to read what I wrote. In this week's Patreon, we will discuss many th- many of the things John apparently learned from the greys and these benevolent, not from the greys, from the benevolent aliens. Yep. Um, if you are interested, basically, he states that uh, they were merely minutes, that merely, that, what we would perceive as mere minutes mm-hmm. right here in time yeah, was actually about three, four hours in John's head. Okay. It's like a zip file. Oh, uh, okay. So All it's right. unzipping. Like He's saying um, time isn't linear when you're dealing with them. What two to three minutes is here when you're talking to these beings is actually three to four hours in your head. So you have a longer conversation, but it's only been a short time. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm trying to... Describe it the best I can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> After they were done, John Brandy and the two Jays went outside to confront the rogue gray ships that were on his property. There were three ships, each containing roughly 20 gray aliens. Mm-hmm. Remember, he already killed almost a dozen of them as well. Yeah. Brandy explained that they would kill animals, but humans were off limits. If they killed humans... Then they invoked the consequences of beings that could deal with them more adequately. Mm-hmm. They could still fuck with them, though, to try and get them to leave the ranch. They just couldn't kill them. So they okay. could kill the animals. They could, you know, create scars and shit on their body. They can abduct them. They could do all these things, but they cannot kill them or you're dealing with a higher um, galactic order type. It's kind of like a galactic Geneva Convention. Yes. Uh, there was also... Remember that... Patreon, we did the AI stuff, and you got into a rabbit hole about the Galactic... Yeah, Federation? Yeah. They don't say Galactic Federation here, but just think of it like that. Okay. The Galactic Federation. So Brandy, the two Js, John, and Joyce at this point. She did arrive. We'll get to that later. All right. They moved to the front of the house where Brandy said she felt a very strong presence of the Greys, and these were the Greys that she would try to negotiate with. Mm-hmm. Brandy and the two Js turned to the south, the sky was orange like a tangerine. Suddenly, many ships uncloaked. One of which, he says, must have been the size of two to three city blocks. Shit. 
They then turned to the east, and that's when the mothership appeared. It was like a floating city in the sky. Where have we heard this before? What show do we constantly watch that always talks about a floating city in the sky? A lot of times it was the Hindu text, but ancient aliens. Yes, for certain. Um, Brandy then states, not states, Brandy then started speaking, uh, but it wasn't English. It sounded more like a low guttural language. Uh-huh. Uh, I think she said that, like the Tibetan like singing, but not oh, rhythmic singing. Yeah, but not ro- not rhythmic. It's just okay. speaking um, like Klingon or something. Oh, like the Sardaukar in the new Dune movie. Sure, I can't remember. I did see that movie though. Yes. Um, but she, he also explained like Klingon, like if you yeah, if yeah. you're a Star Trek fan, I am. She was speaking directly to the Greys and telling them to leave the property immediately. If they surrendered, they'd be treated well. They would be sent to what Brandy described as a sort of reform school. Oh. This went on for at least 10 minutes. John had no idea what was being said, but he could tell that things were not going as planned. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, dark charcoal clouds formed right above them. Too sudden to be natural. Brandy and the two J's formed a circle, and the two J's and Brandy, Brandy pulled out a sword, anyways, mm-hmm. raised their swords and touched tips. <clears throat> Side note, he explained that they weren't just role-playing Dungeons and Dragons. These swords represent, the swords represent truth and honor in the cosmos and the willingness to fight from the heart. You fought from truth and with honor. Fought for truth and... And with honor. Got it. That's uh, another cool. another side note I just threw back in there. Sweet. So they all raised their swords. They touched the tips. I wasn't joking. That's what happened. Yeah. Suddenly a bolt of purple lightning struck the ground several feet away from the circle. Everyone was very disorient- disoriented. Brandy and the two Js left immediately with Brandy looking straight at John and stating, I don't think they'll be bothering you anymore. She seemed off. And it was apparent because the energy from the purple light... Ah, it was apparent... Okay. She seemed off, and it was apparently because the energy from the purple lightning traveled through the ground, through the soles of her shoes, and into her body. Mm. So basically, she was struck by this lightning. Yeah. She said she was having memory issues. Uh, Later on when they talked, she said she was having memory issues and that she had been visited by the men in black. They told her not to speak to uh, speak of what happened at Stardust Ranch on July 31st, 2011. It took Brandy years to fully recover. One of the Syrians went crazy and was institutionalized, and the other, in fear for him and his family's life, took his family and went underground for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, Side note, uh, Chris Angel of the Paranormal did do an episode where they investigated... Yeah. I didn't get to watch it, but from what I can tell, they found nothing. Just, yeah. So if you're interested in watching it, uh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it? What the fuck is it? Paranormal Adventure? I keep calling him Chris Angel of the Paranormal. I Ghost Adventures. Ghost yeah. Adventures, season twelve, episode twelve. Yeah. So I literally just said fuck that. Okay. The last chapter is all about Joyce's account, more or less. Now, there's two chapters before the last chapter, but that's for the Patreon. So, in this chapter, 
she explains her experience. Okay, She didn't have the same recollection of the events that John had, not because they didn't happen, but because she had was working so much because she hated the fucking house that she didn't want to be there. Yeah. But the happenings during the night as she slept there, she did have memory of, some memory. The noises, the lights, the scratches on her body and the scars, mm-hmm. the abductions, and constantly not being able to sleep because of all of this. Yeah. She also experienced other stuff on the ranch. It wasn't just at night, but yeah. John was getting the brunt of it because he worked from home. He was there 24-7. So that's all she was trying to explain. Yep. yep. However, she had a full memory of that fateful day, July 31st, 2011. She was a little late to the appointment with Brandy and the two J's because she forgot about the appointment. Uh-huh. When she got there, she was at the gym. She made sure to stay. Like, oh, you go, girl. Yeah, <laughs> the fucking gym. <laughs> when she got there, Brandy was at a table, and she described what looked like a ball of light that she had somehow created. And different people kept appearing in the room. One moment, someone wasn't there. The next moment, they were there. Uh-huh. Kind of lines up with what John says. Yeah. <clears throat> Just a different perspective. Um. This had more positive has had a more positive feel to it though than that of what she had usually experienced since moving in to Stardust Ranch. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep wanting to call Skinwalker Ranch. Stardust <laughs> Ranch. <laughs> Once they went outside though, that's when shit got crazy. She didn't say it's shit, but I did. She then explained the same thing that John explained. Sudden clouds rolling in, and she stated that uh, that that was yeah stated. What did I write? Uh-huh. Uh, she explained the sudden clouds rolling in that she stated was abnormal to what they ex- was not abnormal to what they experienced while living there. Is what uh, I'm trying to say. It right. was normal to her. Is all I'm trying to fucking say. <laughs> Brandy and the two Jays holding their swords to the sky. She witnessed the spaceship uncloaking. She described the scene as not. Just being witnessed by her and John, though. She said there was cars stopping on the road, neighbors coming out of their houses, which was strange to see, mm-hmm. and it was seen by many more people than just John and Joyce. Okay. She says she wasn't crazy. Nope. She says she wasn't scared, uh-huh. as she knew they were doing it to protect John and, jo- and herself. Mm-hmm. And it was the most remarkable day of her life to this day. Mm-hmm. She felt vindicated as who would have believed it if not for seeing it. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yep. She described the purple bolt of lightning as well. But she said it must have traveled through Brandy's shoes as the soles of her shoes were blown off. She also made a note that only Brandy and the two J's um, had arrived at the ranch mm-hmm. when this all started. Mm-hmm. But the number of people outside her house during this event was far more. Once the incident was over, however, mm-hmm. these people outside the ranch on the property just disappeared. They looked like us humans, but much healthier with perfect hair, skin, teeth, etc. So I'm guessing the Galactic Federation or Nordics. I'm saying, but oh, okay, that's it. That's it. Some, some of the higher <laughs> ups probably is what Maybe. I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. They were just making sure it was all being done. But generally, when you when they talk about like perfection, correct? Nordics, yes. Yeah, that's usually the ones. He she states that they were ETs. They were yeah, extraterrestrials. Yeah. They weren't just people. So yeah. uh, she then goes on 
through a couple of other crazy stories that she had while at the ranch. Uh-huh. She states everything in this book is 100% true. Big Low even tried to buy the ranch multiple times, and people from the government have been there to run tests. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it, it felt very credible. But. Yeah, yeah. So the presence of the ra- the rag, presence of the rogue race subsided a little bit, but never fully went away. The abduction stopped, and it seemed as though there was some kind of truth struck. Uh-huh. To this day, to the day of his death, John doesn't truly know what happened on that fateful day. But what he did know was that his life changed completely. Mm-hmm. Once he met with the benign extraterrestrials that day, July 31st, 2011, they became a part of his life more. Yeah. He learned a lot about the human race, our origins, our history, how we constantly have strayed away from our destined path, our young learning. We're still a young civilized, our young species and learning. Mm-hmm. So we're straight away, but we're not too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, I, I lost myself. There I am. <laughs> how, <laughs> how we are not living to our potential as a multi-dimensional entity that we are, and much more. Me and Lennon will be discussing some of the passages, eight pages worth, and it's not even like the. F- that was half of what I wanted to speak of, but I can't do a two-part Patreon episode. Do part three. <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately could have. Like, anyways, stop it. Anyways. So, me and Lennon will be discussing some of the passages on this in our brainstorm episode on Patreon, as there are many thought-provoking things that he brings up. Now, let's get... Now let's give talk. Good English. (laughs) Bad to say. Now let's talk about our thoughts on the whole story in... Final thoughts. You are prepared. We've presented the facts. It's time now to examine the evidence and give our theories. So pull up a chair for our final thoughts. <laughs> Science. All right, Lennon, I saw you pulling up your chair. Please. I've been talking for two fucking episodes. <laughs> I want to hear what you have to say. Tell me about uh, it. This shit's fucking cool. Uh, I l- like all the different shit happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you like it, huh? I like it. <laughs> <clears throat> um, s- seems credible. Just off of your presentation of the characters involved, and by characters, and you know I mean the people. I know what you mean. Um, it's, uh, it's, I, I don't know, it's wild. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm not, like, asking you to tell me if it's true. I just want your opinion, like, the whole thing. Yeah. What the fuck is your thoughts on it all? Trying to formulate them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I thought you were trying to give me if you think it's real or not. I'm like, uh, I no, do no. want to hear that. Yes. But I really want to hear your thoughts on the whole, I, as a whole. Yeah, there's a lot of um, points. Um, there's a lot of new revelations, new new theories, which, like you said, we'll talk about more on Patreon, but that have been brought to light during this that I think kind of connect some dots and answer some questions um, or, or or give new perspective on different things that yeah. in the world of aliens and poltergeist and spiritual and stuff like that even religion even religion um even though it's just rebranded as religion um but there's a lot of things here 
What? No, no. It's just the things he says about religion. I didn't really get into it yeah. in, in Patreon because I know that's a touchy subject for people. Yeah. Because um, he's not discrediting it. Yeah. He's just saying it isn't what we're what we presenting it. Yeah. It's it's more. Anyways, yeah, natural. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just perceiving something. Yeah. And yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Please, I'm sorry. I no, no, no. Make that point. No, yeah. So I think it's a very interesting story that brings a lot of new ideas and stuff, and um, or not ideas, but you know what I mean, I like yeah. new evidence that could kind of, like I said, connect some dots. And it's pretty things, fascinating. Things that make you think. Yeah. Now this very ep- fascinating. These two episodes weren't really there to make you think. I tried to sprinkle a little bit in there. Yeah. Um, is more just to tell his story. Yeah. But yeah, then the Patreon is definitely a make you think episode. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. You guys should be excited, and uh, I th- I really recommend listening to that. Fuck one. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah, dope. All right. So you think he's credible? Like I think it sounds. Fast. I can't say credible because it doesn't really talk about who he is. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. I, I feel too, especially because Joyce is there. Mm-hmm. Who wasn't? Neither one of them are a believer. There was witnesses there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I, I don't know if anybody else has ever said like, "Oh, I have also witnessed that stuff," or "I was there that yeah. day in July thirty first. And um, but yeah, I would like to think. I mean, let's put it this way: if this guy made all this up, he is an amazing storyteller, and a psychiatrist was not his calling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. Cool. Well. Whether you believe their story or not, this book has many thought-provoking questions and statements that do make you think about how we are living and what we deem as important. A few years ago, after over a decade of trying to sell the ranch, the Edmonds ended up selling it for around $5 million. There's no word on if the new owners have experienced anything, but we will keep our ears to the ground. So, on that bombshell, hit him with that outro, maestro. Well, ladies, gentlemen, and squatches, and uh, katana-wielding alien assassins. Hell yeah, but broadsword-wielding ones, too. And those broadswords. Truth, Truth, justice, and I, the American... No, not I, the American one. <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't think to say it. Uh, yeah, no, dude, the fasc- it fascinates me that they were in medieval armor and swords as, like, this alien, alien f- military force that just... Futuristic military or futuristic like armor of medieval armor. It's fucking cool. I'd love to see it. One of Joyce's accounts was also that one of the portal power went out one day. Yeah. All of a sudden there was light in the one of the rooms. She wanted to go investigate. John said no. They walked in the hallway to look down where the light was, and these two uh, not entities, two ETs came out all wearing adorned in medieval um, armor. They walked through a wall and disappeared. Fucking just, cool. Anyways, a lot of medieval stuff there. Fucking we'll cool. I want to become one. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. I don't but, think so either, hey, but... Like we talked about, sell your soul and you'll be good. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Well, if you'd like, I thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to reach out to us and let us know your thoughts or opinions, you can do so by finding us on Instagram, Reddit, Facebook, and on our YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button for auto downloads. Listen first thing every Monday morning because you need that in your brains damn right 
Thank you all. I always fuck that line up. You're Thank welcome. you to all of our Patreon members to help these keep this podcast a reality. We are grateful for your continued support. If you haven't yet become a Patreon member and would like to support us, head to our Patreon. And if you're feeling a little classy, check out our merch selection on our website to visually show your support to your friends and family. Now, you can do a little combo thing going on here. What is it? If you sign up for the top tier Patreon, you get a discount on the merch selection on our store. All right, let's make Just heads up on that. Drop us a five-star rating and write us a review. Tell us what you love and how you're enjoying the show. Share us on your socials. Tell your cryptid-loving friends and family about us. Subscribe, hit the bell, and like the videos on YouTube. This all helps us to grow and bring you even more great content for you to enjoy. Yeah. Join us next Monday for our next incredible episode. You may write us, rate us, review us, but remember always, stay curious, be vigilant, and don't touch my Sasquatch. Don't do it. He is adorning medieval garb and fighting the aliens. Peace. See ya. He's a galactic warrior. (laughs) Well, the phone's already started. Well, the phone's going. All right. uh, Okay, well, apparently when we just do crazy and wacky sounds, it just turns on at the same time. So, heck it. Come on. How's it? Who? Ow, that's a suck dick. You're an idiot. (laughs) Hey, boo-boo. I'm going out of the picnic basket. Oh, da-da. That's what he sounds like, right? Oh, da-da. Nom, 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 nom. Mohawk Squatch ready? Captain Caveman ready? Lennon? Ready? No. Yep. Josh, ready? Uh, The group of rogue aliens. Fuck me. Suddenly, the trunk, the truck, and the truck. Oh, you're saying cut it. Yeah. I can do that. So she describes the purple bolt. She describes the purple bolt of lightning, but she said... It must, uh, it must, uh, this is a quote from her. Samurai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sword. Shimon ha, shimon ho. Required. Oh, we got to turn some what shit off. Let's go with the fucking phone. All right. Two. Oh, done. All right. I did it. I got, uh, 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 uh. Jesus. It works so much every better. time. <laughs> It's just noise. It's a feeling thing. It's a random noise thing. Uh, Peace. Samurai sword acquired.